Welcome to the Entourage Podcast. My name is Paige Scott, and I'm going to be your host. Entourage Ministries gets its inspiration from Psalm 6811 that says, The Lord gives the command, and a great army of women proclaim the good news. Entourage is a multi-generational, multi-denominational, multicultural women's ministry based in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us today as we dive into truth from the Word so that your heart and spirit may be encouraged. Hey ladies, welcome to the Entourage Podcast. It's Jesse, and I have two awesome guests today. I have Olivia. Hey, hey. What's up? And Lizzie. Hello. And y'all are actually sister-in-laws, sisters-in-law? Yes, what's mm-hmm. the accurate? We're married to brothers. You're married to brothers. Yep. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm sitting across from two sisters-in-law. I think that's how you say it. Sister-in-laws, yeah. Yeah. I, I'd rather say in sister-in-laws, law. but I think it's sisters-in-law. Mm-hmm. Isn't that Sisters weird? in love. In love. There Sis- you go. Oh, gosh. You're one of those people. Uh, but Olivia and I were talking yesterday, and she pointed out that both of y'all are like, well, you're not an empty nester because they clear all your kids live with you, but all of your children are in school some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? It's definitely a very, like, transition. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like a mind shift for sure. Yeah, you didn't know you were going to be on a podcast <laughs> like the first week. Yeah. Your of, of transition. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. awesome. But here we are. We get we get Lizzie in the same room because mm-hmm. because, because your kids cuz Kendrick <laughs> somewhere else. Yes. Uh well, before I introduce their kids and their families, I just want you ladies to know that this is the third episode of a series that is leading up to our event, A Prayer Shower, on September 15th, 2022. So whenever you're listening to this, um, and this prayer shower is for moms who are, or women who want to be moms, whether that is for the first time, whether you want more children, or if you would like us to partner with you in prayer for fostering or adopting kids. And so I get to welcome on these two women because they are mothers. And we're just going to talk a little bit about their stories and uh, what it took to get to their household today, what it's been like. And then we're just going to have them pray over you, over you in the audience as mothers, as women who bear fruit in keeping repentance in the Lord. So Without further ado, I'll just go ahead and ask Olivia, tell us um, who's in your household. What's what's that look like? Well, we have three biological girls mm-hmm. from the age of seven. She's about to be six and four. They are all in school for the first time. My four-year-old will be five in November, so I started her early in pre-K. She's also a busybody, so she just needed something to do. Yeah, and she's really tall. She's very tall. She's taller than my middle child, who is older than her. Yeah. Anyway. But, um, yes, and we foster. Um, So our home is like an active, open home. We've fostered three in total, three children, and varying um, ages, but they were all girls. That's awesome. So that's just kind of the... Girl power. Mm-hmm. And you already have girl stuff. Yep. That's fun. All the things. Yeah. But Lizzie, your house is mixed. Tell us yes. Tell us who's in your bunch. So I have Liam first, which is, he is nine. And then Nolan, another boy. He is seven. And then we had our, um, 
our first little girl, Lillian. Well, she's our only girl. And then um, and then came Kendrick, which was our biggest gap. And um, he was the, yeah, he's the caboose. And the Lord kn- knew that it needed to be the last one. <laughs> and he is two. He is very much so a two-year-old. That's awesome. So yes. nine to two. Yes. Wow, that's crazy. That's awesome. So how long have you been married? Uh, it'll be 11 years in October. Congratulations. Thank you. Whenever you and Ty, Ty is your husband. Yes. And Dayton is Olivia's husband. Olivia and Lizzie. That f- sounds like similar to me. So I hope mm-hmm. I'm not yeah, confusing anybody. Liv and Liv Liz. And Liz. Mm-hmm. Liv and Liz. <laughs> Olivia. Lizzie. But uh, whenever you and Ty were dating, did y'all talk kids? And what did it look like from dating to marriage to first kid? Wow, that's a great question because <laughs> I look back and literally can say no. We no, did what? not. Oh. <laughs> we did not talk about kids um, while we were dating. It was like it was sort of honestly. I remember being in the presence of somebody that had just gotten married, and well, we had or technically sorry, I take that back. We had just gotten married, and I remember being in the presence of somebody that had just had their first kid. And that was probably the first time that I was like, wow, I really think that I could like I could do that. And um, and so that was ultimately what sparked the conversation. We were already married. So I don't that's that's just honest. That's how we were. We didn't really ever talk about it in our dating stages. I don't remember talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was just like whatever the day brought you. Y'all just went with it. Is that? Yeah. I don't know what, um, what that says about me or him or. (laughs) I love it. But yes, that is definitely how, how it began. I did think about this a little bit and I remember I, my kids, I see this in them a little bit, Uh but they make plans for their future children like now. And you probably did do this. Oh, absolutely. Just not while dating. Just not like maybe, Uh yes, during that process. But I remember like real young, I'd go to my room like when my parents would make me mad and I'm like, I am going to write this down because when I am a mom, I will not treat my peop- my <laughs> oh, children like great. that or whatever. Yes. And I'm like, Man, oh if I could find gosh. that diary now, if I could only find that page. You'd like, like eat popcorn and laugh. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I'd be like, ha, huh, I did that this morning to my kids and I loved it. No, I'm just Anyway, I have very fond memories of, and I was thinking about this the other day, that I had some really close girlfriends and we were middle-aged, probably 10 to 12. And that was one of the funnest things that we did was we would write down the names that we were going to name our kids. Mm. And I never named any of my boys. I never had boys whenever I was young. Yeah. <laughs> I always named girls. Yeah. So it's just funny. I think that, you know, I only had one girl. Mm. And, um, but, and I did not choose her name was not something I chose a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I liked American Girl Dolls. Yeah. And I always loved the name Samantha. And I'm like, too cliche now, which mm-hmm. is so lame. <laughs> it's a beautiful name. But yeah, it's not even on my radar. I had, but I remember. Yes. I had Kirsten. Kirsten. Mm-hmm. I had Kirsten. Sporty. Cute. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, what were you dating like? Dating marriage into kids. Did y'all talk about it? Was it a... Well, I knew that we wanted kids. I mean, I really did have a plan for that my whole life. I wanted to be a mom. I didn't really realize how much it was, um, like, stored in there, I guess. Mm -hmm. Because, like, once we were married, I was kind of open to it, which we didn't make a plan necessarily. But I knew in my heart, like, I'm -hmm. I'm open to it and I want to, I mean, I want to be a mom. But I Mm -hmm. didn't 
like I didn't expect to get pregnant like basically on our honeymoon. But if we want to get but. into the testimonial area of this conversation, um, I do want to point out that the Lord gave me Amaya whenever like my brother is a paraplegic and right before his accident, um, I had conceived. I didn't know that to it was probably a I was probably a month along now, um, and he was in the hospital, and I found out I was pregnant, like, just right after that accident. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was, um, like, a saving grace of, like, God's still good. There's still a lot to be done in the world. Like, life isn't over just because my family got ripped out from under me, and their lives has changed for forever. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it was a horrific tragedy, but um, that allowed me to, like, keep going and and uh, her name actually means in Hebrew, close to God. And it was just a beautiful time for me, a reminder, like, I do need to still take care of myself. Like, I have a human being inside of me. And, um, yeah, she gave me strength yeah. during that time. So Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and it was a surprise. I, she wasn't planned necessarily. Yeah, it's so interesting that you say that about um, your brother's accident in that time because when something so devastating happens like that, it's just like uh, we partner with stopping our lives, mm-hmm. but time moves on. Mm-hmm. And it is so humbling um, to just see time pass by when we make a conscious decision not to. Mm-hmm. And to have Amaya in your life that to move you forward, mm-hmm. that is, uh, yeah, that was a grace. In fact, from I Lord. discovered seven years in that if God hadn't intervened, I probably... I wasn't really supposed to get married until the summer of that year mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. I went by all of the other like pressures in life. But something inside me was like, no, we have to get married right now. And it took me seven years to understand why I was just, why there was so much going on in my mind. Like I, I didn't have the right verbiage maybe to explain like, no, the Lord is speaking to me and this yeah. is an urgency and I am doing this now. Like, mm-hmm. pray about it. I know you'll find that God is also saying this to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just like, no, we have to get married, like, right now. We got married in spring break. Um, and then his accident was in was not long after that. Yeah. So if you think about it, my family had to move to Denver, Colorado. They were gone. So if I wasn't married to Dayton, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have had a home. Wow. I wouldn't have had a family. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't have had a Maya. Wow. So I would have been in absolute despair. It would have crushed my life. Mm-hmm. I would have, I mean, speaking only from the flesh, luckily I didn't have to find out. But like, I mean, God would have been there for me, but my life would have been so drastically different. Mm-hmm. So it's just the testimony of God is just in my life. I, I, And I didn't know that until like seven years in. I, it, I had to seek that out for seven years, like, when why did this happen the way it happened and when like how did I miss it or what Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's just like I wrote like two in my notes like just um keeping our our eyes like to the ever-present like moving spirit of God in our life like keeping our eyes in tune to him Mm -hmm. so that we don't miss him moving and speaking like he speaks through all creation all the time Mm -hmm. yeah like he never stops yep we all tend we all attend the same local church in our pastor recently Um, said just talking about that in all things we're supposed to give thanks but it's not for all things 
It's just beautiful whenever um, you're handed certain things in a broken world in life to really see the Lord in it. And there's a phrase that just was coined through entourage that was actually brought up in episode two, but may the darkest place you ever go is in the shadow of the Mm -hmm. almighty. Mm -hmm. And I really think just from Psalm 91, he who dwells in the shelter of the most high will rest in the shadow of the almighty. And I truly believe that the only way it can be the darkest place in devastation, in the waiting time to be moms or in this time, like you experienced with your brother or like in death, the only way something that dark can be less dark is if we believe in the hope and the power of the Lord, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. his light really does overcome. He really does promise that he holds our hand through valleys and that we actually get through it. But that means that we can't stop. That means we can't partner with it. And once again, just so beautiful. Um, I that wrote you see that Romans five thirteen. Our hope comes from God. May He fill you with joy and peace because of your trust in Him. May your hope grow stronger by the power of the Holy Spirit. It actually stood out to me though, because it's like hope comes from God. Yeah, and we run around trying to find hope in like our friends mm-hmm. or our mothers or mm-hmm. or beer. I don't know, like whatever it is that we try to find hope in, like make it feel better, make it feel better. Mm-hmm. But it's it literally says hope comes from God. That's funny you say that, too, because um, just being on the worship team, which I I guess this is a side story, but really along that vein and being in entourage ministries, you're a women's ministry. We get to do one of the best things ever, which is encourage each other and exhort each other in the Lord. We get to lift each other up. And from that place, we are changed. Mm -hmm. We are changed. We experience the love of the Lord and it changes us. But then we go back home, and and there's uh, a really easy place where we're where we feel entitled because we feel the love of the Lord, and we go home and we feel the absence of it, mm-hmm. or we go back to the hard places to work to ourselves. We don't feel it, and we say, Lord, why do I feel it in these places and not here? And and uh, specifically for me, He told me it's because you don't trust me there. That you can go to church Mm -hmm. and be encouraged. You can go to entourage Mm -hmm. and be encouraged. But you're the one that I changed. And you're supposed to go back to those places and be the change in those spaces. And I can feel that devastation right now where people seek refuge in church, where people seek refuge in worship. But then they go home and they're not around those people and they don't realize the Lord in them to be that for whatever is the negativity and, and I think it's a cro- it's that threshold of not living off of somebody else's relationship with the Lord. Yeah, I was about to say that. The faith yeah. of your own parents or the faith of mm-hmm. somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Did you experience that in motherhood, transferring from uh, growing up with your mom mm-hmm. and then going into motherhood yourself? Yeah, I would say that there was definitely multiple, like, milestones I guess if you will you know that I that I thought I would hit because my mom hit at a certain time or you know I would be like um and the funniest one I think is that I never learned the waking up at 5 30 you know like my mom's (laughs) still I'm like okay well I'm 30 now like it it should have hit me 10 years ago or something. Oh, that's hilarious. It should have hit me five years ago the the oh I just this is the year I start waking up at 5 30 in the morning yeah I get up before my kids and I pray and I hear, like, I remember my mom, um, just like 
always. I mean, like it was like a, she was always up before us and I, I always could, well, I was always the last one up. I mean, like always, I've always mm-hmm. been the one that sleeps in, mm-hmm. but I would always hear my mom praying out loud like that was, and I'm like, you know, okay, it's, you know, it doesn't just come. It's something that, you know, just because your mom did it, like she, she was, um, or what's the word? Like she was the example of that, but you know, you still have to pick that up and, and do it for yourself. And that is a a huge thing in motherhood as far as like even teaching your own kids, like, okay, I've taught you so far. Now it's your turn to pick up that. Mm -hmm. And here's, here's Jesus. I'll teach you about him, but you know, it's your turn to pick up your own faith and, and, um, make that decision to, to move forward whenever it feels really, really, or whenever you're feeling instead of, you know, trusting, I would say that's Mm -hmm. one thing I'm walking through with with my oldest right now. He's like, I just need a solution for my feelings. Mm-hmm. I don't want to feel, or, you know, like it's just the feelings. Um, it's a lot, yeah. you know? And so it's just like, we have to sit with those feelings and that's, that's tough at times, but also trusting in the Lord whenever it doesn't feel good. So. Well, your oldest seems like he carries a lot of compassion and um, just reading all of the gospels, Jesus was moved one of two ways in anger, in righteous anger because mm-hmm. of hardened hearts mm. or in compassion. And the definition for compassion is moving uh, toward or to somebody or for somebody who couldn't repay you. They, and so there's just something so beautiful about doing things for others mm. uh, who cannot do so in return wow and um that means you carry a lot of weight because you see great need in other people's lives Mm -hmm. were you gonna say something Olivia? i was gonna ask lizzie what that looks like building a space for him to have those feelings or to fill that Mm -hmm. out because i find that's a struggle for me sometimes because i'm like there's not enough hours in the day this is the excuse i use Mm -hmm. like to build enough space for all of these feelings Mm-hmm. So it's like, uh, for me, do I, and then my own feelings, <laughs> right? Like, how do I build this space? Yeah. I don't, anyway, does, do you have trouble balancing that or you? Yeah. So ultimately, or what I've done with him, because first of all, I, I sit down and I say, Liam, you know, I'm just so grateful that, that you do come to your mom you know, because that was, that was hard for me. And it wasn't my mom that made it hard. It was me that made it hard. Um, because ultimately, I mean, for whatever reason. And so, um, and we, I just tell him, you know, like, this is your opportunity, um, to talk because I don't want it to stay in your head because, you know, there is a lot of, he'll get in his head and stuff like that and, um, give him a space to talk. And then we, um, and I try to not, interrupt (laughs) and and then I will I will pray and then we try to do a couple of like physical things as far as like okay this is me giving it over to the Lord like those kind of gestures or whatever and I think that that really helps um because he's had some really interesting feelings with with school starting and some personal things going on and you know and every single day right now it's looking like um, you know, at the end of the day, whenever he goes to lay down to bed, he'll just say, mom, 
you know, it's, can we pray together? And then it's almost like, or it is every single day so far, it's us together holding our hand and physically and with gesture, like giving it back to the Lord. Um, I can't pick that up. You know, I have to give it back to him. And I would definitely say it doesn't, it's not perfect every time because I agree that in your own motherhood or like in your own, I mean, yes, I'm a mom, but I'm also still, I'm still Liz. I'm still wife. Um, And in each one of those places, it's, um, I have to remember, okay, this is my hat. This is my hat right now. And then, yeah, so I don't know if that helps as far as like, in that space, I'm mom. And so I get to be mom. So I try to, I'm not Liz right now. <laughs> so, but giving him space for that, it's, it's tough for sure. But that's an awesome reminder. I, I needed that myself. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I, honestly, it's just the, where is the end of us is usually the beginning of the Lord. And mm-hmm. just, and, and I think it's just that testimony of where we, have felt depravity or lack in our childhood and seeing it in your kids and saying, um, how can that not happen to you? But Mm -hmm. also can we really trust the Lord that in their suffering well, in their figuring it out that he really holds their hand. Absolutely. And, um, I only have a two year old, so Lord, let me eat my words. Can I really trust you? Mm -hmm. Um, as they suffer well to understand, um, how to fight for things, love things, get through things, mature in things, and simply know life isn't about them. Yeah, that's a you huge know? one. <laughs> and I think you. we learn the we learn right alongside. Them. Oh yeah. Oh, it's not about <laughs> me. Yeah. Great. Uh, well, um, Lizzie, since you have uh, you have four kids, and since their ages are gapped, um, just I know that like that's a lot of motherhood to get through and to go through, but just thinking about our listeners too, and just as, um, potential moms in the waiting, I, I just wonder if there's a specific season or a couple seasons in your life, uh, between those four kids of just, um, questioning or a, when they would come or, um, anything like that, that comes in your mind in that time of motherhood of, or even if you thought, you're going to have four or if you thought it was going to stop at three or anything that comes up in your mind? Yeah, I would definitely say that um, after I had my first one, I immediately knew that I wanted another one. And then that didn't take long. But then Lillian was um, was definitely my toughest one that I that I truly had to not only trust in the Lord, but even after the the after having her it did not look anything like my flesh you know thought that it was going to look like and so that was it was a die to flesh after i had my um after i had my second one lillian was definitely my my one that i was like okay like this wasn't anything that i thought in my head you know and a die to self um, of truly trusting in the Lord. And, and then I was done. I was done after that. <laughs> after funny. I was certainly done after, after having Lillian and, um, and my Olivia's and, nodding her head. Yes. So, yeah. And then That's why I only have three kids. She can, <laughs> she can relate. <laughs> and, uh, I feel like I, I, 
I, I grew through that for sure. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then my sister personally, wa- or personally had, uh, something with one of her kids that was around the time that, um, you know, Urias was born and, and walked through that. Um, and that was whenever after that, I felt like that I was got like a true healing from that journey of Lillian. That will be a story for a different time. And, mm-hmm. um, and then I, I did get pregnant with Kendrick after that. And it was sort of the same where I remember walking through that and being like, okay, Lord, like this is completely and totally yours. Like, I don't want, um, I don't want it to be my idea. You know, I don't want it to be my idea of what it will look like. And, and it was most, it was one of the most beautiful pregnancies, most beautiful, um, just the first six months, you know? And then of course I'm like, Whoa, like he is wild too. (laughs) And I'm just like, but it's so neat because as much as he is nothing that I could have ever expected as far as like, Oh, it was so prim and proper for my other kids. Like, you know, they did this, this and this, but Kendrick literally is like the most beautiful picture of, of just the Lord's grace. I would definitely say even just in his personality in his, um, just everything about him. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Are, are you, Olivia, are you saying that your third one, you can relate to her third one? <laughs> what was the, what was the big eye eyes mm-hmm. for? I feel like you're going to say yes, but what, is that what you're saying? Is that, is your third, the most energetic, the most yes. eccentric? Yes. <laughs> what would you say? Yes. So, 100%. I could not fathom having a fourth child. Yeah. Yeah. But also, so for the listeners that don't know you personally, you had three girls three years apart. Yep. So yours were back to back to back. So mm-hmm. not only did you have a honeymoon baby <laughs> right out the gate. We couldn't gate, stop. <laughs> you you really did have you just kept having them. Yeah. That's true. And and I met you after you had all three of them actually, I, I think. think so. And you were just I could just see you in the wilds of what is life. What is life with three under four, under three. Yes. Um and 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 I could I could feel that actually I could I could feel yeah like what does Jim Gaffigan say uh, three kids is like you're drowning and someone mm-hmm. gives you a baby Those you yeah <laughs> uh-huh. I could yeah I could sense that off of you in in certain places and just kept thinking oh Lord keeper keeper yeah. <laughs> but um, something so beautiful that you told me once I remember was whenever y'all are considering and going through fostering mm-hmm. that you told me there's no way you couldn't foster because you just want others to have the family that like you have yeah, because you know, your family is so awesome. And I remember, I remember telling your mom that because uh, Olivia and Lizzie have oh, both sides of their family are just mm-hmm. phenomenal. But the one they share, um, I happened to, to be pretty close with I'm actually neighbors with Lizzie on their family property <laughs> at, at the moment. So at the moment. Yeah, it's pretty special. Um, but yeah, I'd I'd love to know your thoughts from that release of just being in the throes of moms to girls yeah. that need you mm-hmm. and take all of you. Mm-hmm. 
to that release that you and your husband had into fostering and what that heart shift was. Because honestly, um, and even listening to you, Lizzie, just about from one kid to four kids, Mm -hmm. just that process of just that continual surrender to the Lord of what that looks like every day, how you get a clearer picture of it's really not about us. It really is about others. It really is about that extension of compassion that the Lord has everything to give and he'll give it to us because there's nothing we could do for him in return. Mm -hmm. But I just, I feel that so much on you now, Olivia. You literally, I mean, we all are different people, but just to know you in the throes of motherhood with (laughs) just three (laughs) little girls, um, to, to just what happened after you started fostering, it literally feels like you are a different person. It's it changed like my I'm life. in a different room with a different person. Mm-hmm. It did. Yeah. yeah. It changed my life. Yeah. So what was that experience between you have your three biolo- biological girls to wanting to foster? Yeah. So I say I couldn't have a fourth and I guess I mean like biologically, I didn't want to go through a fourth. <laughs> Would because you, are I've you going to it? No, <laughs> we'll not see. right now. We'll I'll see. let y'all know in a decade. We'll see. If God calls me to it, I've always told him, if you if you put it on my heart, I know like it'll happen and I'll be open to it. Yeah, you but stay away is, from those absolutes. That is far from my heart right now. <laughs> but um, fostering was always something I wanted to do, mostly because uh, I, I wanted to share my family. I just thought they were awesome. And like I I knew from an early age, um, at the church that I went to, that a lot of the kids around me did not have stability at home. They did not have, like, food on their tables at a normal time or even at all, or there just wasn't consistency for them, and my heart really went out to them, and I just realized that not everyone has what I have, and so I had that desire real young to to share my family. And then um, when we got married, uh, I just would kind of check in every now and then, like, okay, God, I know it's not time because I'm I'm at my wit's end already. I know it's not time. I know it's not time. So I just kind of laid at the altar, kind of like what Lizzie's saying. And um, uh, let's see. And then I guess it was like a year ago now or a half, year and a half ago, um, God was like, okay, it's time. And before I had, before he said that to me, I did start a small life group where we wrote like letters to fostering parents because it just still wasn't time for me yet, but I still had a heart for it. And he's like, why don't you love on those that it is time for? And I'm like, hmm. yes, sir, let's do it. So I did that and there was beautiful connections made. And I learned a lot about what goes on in a home that actually fosters. And that was really helpful for my experience. So then the next step was first I served them. Then um, God said it was a yes. And so I went to my husband and I was like, you know, this has always been something on my heart. Where are you at with this? And he was like, no. <laughs> so I was like, funny okay, huh, well, that's different. So I'm like, if it's God, though, I know that it'll happen. Yeah. So I didn't mess with my husband. I was like, okay, well, I'll just go. I'll just think about this. Like, I just got to go back to God with it. So I went back to God with it, and it was two weeks later that a random walk-in comes into his office who grew up in foster care. He sells insurance. He came in for insurance. He's talking to my husband, and they have this in-depth conversation about all the things that it meant to this gentleman who had grown up in foster care, the homes and Dayton was able to ask him like all the hard questions. And, um, it answered all of those 
things that like we couldn't discuss. There was like a barrier there. He needed to hear them from like a direct source because mm-hmm. he had some real fear of abandonment that he needed to walk through. And um, anyway, he got all those answers and he came home and he was like, all right, I'm ready to go. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So it was God. It was God. He stemmed it all together. Then God brought us Aaliyah. And I kind of say even to this day um, that our family became a foster family to meet her. She like, I don't know. And the things that we went through with her medically, she had a lot of medical issues. But all of it was just so beautiful. It just really changed the way I saw like my own family unit. It bonded me to my family and my husband and my marriage and like what we were doing more than anything else has because we brought someone in that we had never met and we began ministering to them in like our most intimate places. And I realized like, wow, my husband's heart is beautiful. Like I knew it was, (laughs) but like it's, he's showing it to me Mm -hmm. and he is living out something that I have always wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And it was just so bonding to me. It just like, tied us together like this is a bond that cannot be broken and then watching my kids like um like the first night the first day she was there Blakeland wanted to lay down and sleep on the couch with Aaliyah and I was like okay so we laid her down my babies never would just lay down and go to sleep Mm -hmm. but Aaliyah was like she just went to sleep right next to Blakeland in perfect peace and it was just like this is so beautiful like I have this picture on my phone and um, we look at the pictures all the time and we wish she could come back, but she's in a good spot now. But it was, and then there's like the before and afters of her when she came, she was so little and just to see how like being in that environment and in that love, like she changed us, we changed her. Mm-hmm. It was just a beautiful exchange of God's love. Yeah, I was talking to Pastor Serena about that in the previous episode because her house became a house of two to a house of five kids Mm -hmm. (laughs) very quickly. And I think there's just something beautiful where you say, my life is full, and then you add something Mm -hmm. to it where you really have to lean into it, Um, or you don't. But in these cases, you did lean into it, and there's just something beautiful about that. It reminds me of what, I mean, your mom waking up early, and not mm-hmm. that that means that you you should, but um, but just that shift of there's a fullness in my life. I can tell it's from the Lord, mm-hmm. and there's this responsibility that restricts us in a beautiful way and says, yeah, I have to take good. care of a girl, a little a little precious baby with health issues. But then in the in the times I have at, in the late evenings or in the lull of the afternoon, uh, you really you really see where you are with the Lord. And I just, I don't know, it's almost like we have to get rid of all of ourselves completely. And whenever you fill up your lives with um, loving others, it really shows you who you are. And Wow, that's good. Yeah, and um, y'all both have very big families, so y'all are getting a lot of love, <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to say. Um, well, I actually did write that down that one of the biggest things that made a significant change in my life was seeking out community. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because like you could, if you had told me in high school that I would have three girls, I'd be married and I'd be fostering and I'd have my huge family and Dayton's huge family and mm-hmm. just all the people that that are intertwined in our life, like that I would be 
like in those situations, just in and of themselves, I think would have stressed me out trying to like put all those things in boxes and get everything all sorted through. And mm-hmm. how do you do this and be perfect at it? And mm-hmm. it was like mm-hmm. being in community totally delivered me from that need of perfection and just yeah. living life with other moms like mm-hmm. Lizzie and Paige who are in my family on this side. Like it's just the most beautiful thing. You can't, you need people. Moms need moms. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's just the way it is. Yep. I'm reading a book right now that's called How Are You Really? I mean, it's like an entrepreneurial slash self-help book. I don't really know what category it is. I don't know if the author does, but she said that a lot of people think the opposite of loneliness is community, but mm-hmm. she said the, the the actual opposite of loneliness is being known. Wow. Yep. And, and I couldn't agree more because I tell people a lot. Uh, with me, what you see is what you get. But I know so many people who just can't let people know who they are wow. because they just can't. For whatever reason, they have a defense and they are the loneliest people I know. Yes. And um, yeah, there's just something so real about can I just let go <laughs> of yeah. controlling everybody in my life and just give them to the Lord. That's just a hard pill to swallow. Mm -hmm. And can I give myself to the Lord and be okay with letting people know who I am, whether or not they're good to me? Yeah. That's just a, yeah. But anyways. Yeah. That's another thing that fostering taught was just that, that open hand. Cause I think a lot of times with my biological children, I struggled like, am I a good mom? Mm -hmm. Am I doing a good job? And it's Mm -hmm. like, then I look at the parallels of that and I'm like, the state, the state has a way of like saying, okay, well, you're not fit and like removing them. And it was, it was crazy for me to see that like God is so good that like that mom is still just as worthy as I am. Mm. And it just kind of obliterated that line of like, this one's good. This one isn't for me. Mm -hmm. It just, it helped me like, we're all capable of being good. Yeah. Through Jesus. You are Mm -hmm. one step of repentance away from changing your life. Exactly. And everybody's also one step of sin away from ruining it. Wow. And it's just very sobering. Uh, We're one generation away Mm -hmm. from uh, not following the Lord, not Mm -hmm. submitting to the Lord. And that's very sobering as a mom. Yeah. uh, Just to to really raise your children well and to love who your community is well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Lizzie, do you have any last thoughts before we wrap up? I do. I had a couple of notes that I wrote down mm-hmm. um, that I really wanted to share. And um, I think the biggest one was you cannot take your children places in the Lord unless you know how to do it. Mm-hmm. And so I think one one thing that I've... And I ultimately, I think we all know that, but there is a an extra step of when you do become a mother and you become responsible for those children that you also become responsible in it. And I could be wrong, but for their faith in that, for their faith in that time as far as like, um, because you will be passing the baton and mm-hmm. and giving them the the choice of, okay, this is the faith that I've taught you. Are you going to take it? for, um, you know, and hold on to it for yourself and keep going. So, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Pastor Sierra talks about all the time that, uh, the father didn't go after the prodigal, but the prodigal had something to go home to. 
And that's just so interesting to me because I'm very pacifistic by nature, which some people find it hard to believe because uh, because sometimes I, I can just tell you, like, I, I can shoot you straight, but there's just sometimes where I will pacify a situation mm-hmm. um, because I feel like I need to and I'll love them, but I'll withhold truth. And the Lord has told me, in this hour of where we live, we can't withhold truth because then you don't have a standard. If somebody falls away from truth, they won't come back to you, Jesse, because you don't hold anything. Wow. You don't ground mm-hmm. anything. You're not grounded in a rock. You're not grounded, solidified in me. And even if you are, you're not telling people that. And there was just something so beautiful, beautiful about thinking of that father who was grounded in truth and love so that his son had something to come back to. And and I can relate to that in a sense, just ever feeling rebellious in my spirit about something and then coming back to, like, my wits coming about me. Is there somebody or is my family solidified that I'd want to come back to them? Mm-hmm. You know? What what else was your note, Lizzie? Um, it's just the trust in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And he Amen. will give us everything that we need. Amen. Mm-hmm. That was the last. Um, and I guess just knowing that uh, there is another one that that our children will. Um, this sounds interesting, but it's just the way it is that our children will lack just like we lack. Mm-hmm. And in that lack is mm-hmm. gives place for us to trust the Lord and know that the Lord is ultimately who who we should be. Um, going to so amen if they find satisfaction in themselves they'll never even know the satisfaction of the lord mm, absolutely that's good do you have any last minute thoughts before y'all pray over these women or do you sure. just want to start well i i had a few things like um okay so i had i wrote this down and then i'll just read it um parenting open-handed they're god's children first Parenting from a place of love means that we can release the outcome to God. Grace and love doesn't lower our standards in our home. It raises it. Jesus doesn't force us to comply. He gives us a choice between life and death. And then out of love and an attempt to save us from our heartbreak and sin tells us to choose life. We can do the same thing with our kids. We love them when they choose life and we love them when they don't. So godly righteous seeds and then leave it to God for the harvest. Discipline without discipleship breeds rebellion, um, and instruction in love grows connection. And then I also, I remember real early on when I really did have those three kids, like, and it was just chaos and hectic, and they were all little, and none of them had enough maturity to help the other one because they were all so close in age, and it was like they all just kind of were together in a hot mess in my mind. Um it was kind of difficult for me to carry the wife load as well as mother load. And so um, just as a reminder, I put like God, marriage, and then household because our marriage is our union in which like it is the source of life for our household. And then God is our source of life for our marriage. And uh, I think in the busyness of that season, I forgot that hierarchy of like my marriage is is stuck in the middle of all this and it needs to be strong too Mm -hmm. not just my ability to mother my kids but Mm -hmm. my ability to love my husband in the middle of this chaos and messiness yeah 
because that can get real easy to overlook. Yeah, it's really funny that we really forget that children are a reward of marriage. Mm-hmm. We are not mothers um, outside of marriage. Outside of marriage, mm-hmm. we're only mothers because we're wives. Yeah, mm-hmm. mother is like mm-hmm. a sub. I know title to mm-hmm. wife. It, it's like a built-in package. But when you hold that baby in the hospital, you don't think it that way. You're like, "Yep, this is the only reason I ever lived." <laughs> That's, that's, how <laughs> yeah. that's the reason I am on this planet. Yeah, they're pretty cool, aren't they? They are. Kids are pretty cool. But uh, it makes me think about First Timothy 6, verse 5 and 6. I mean, it, the first few verses up to the end of verse 5 talks about just devastating sinfulness. But the end of verse 5 talks about um, just the act of godliness. There's no fruit from it. So I have I felt like in the last few years that my knowledge of putting God first in my relationship with the Lord has changed from just knowing of him to really knowing him. Mm-hmm. And then uh, verse 6 of First of Timothy chapter 6 says, Godliness with contentment brings much gain. And I really just think that's the key. It's relationship with the Lord. Um. And, and I just wanted to say that first and foremost because it's not what Olivia said is absolutely true, but it's not a formula to comply to. It's relationship. Yeah. Do you have a, do you, is my relationship with the Lord stronger than my relationship with my husband? Mm-hmm. Is my relationship with my husband stronger than my relationship with my kids? Mm-hmm. And does everything fall into place? Mm-hmm. And it's a scary place to know about God and disregard him. Yeah. So I uh, just wanted to clarify that. And without further ado, Lizzie, would you like to pray over these women? With yes, I'm going to read a prayer. That's okay. And, and it's long. So. And you said your mom, Kimberly yes. Needham, wrote it. Yes. Awesome. So, and, but yes, I would love to. Okay. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up every woman within the sound of our voices that desire children or have children and desires more children or maybe is desiring adoption or foster care of children. Lord, your word says in 1 John 5, 14 and 15, this is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. Lord, we ask for all obstacles to be removed that would hinder these women from receiving the children you have for them. Mm -hmm. Every door that has been closed, we command in the name of Jesus for it to be opened. Your word also says in Matthew 18, 18, whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven and whatever we loose on earth is loosed in heaven. In Jesus name, we bind every force that has blocked the way against these women to receive their children. And right now, in Jesus' name, we command the windows of heaven to be open and pour out your blessings upon these mothers. Lord, you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. Mm -hmm. And also, your word says that the fruit of the womb is a reward. Lord, pour out your reward on these women today. Pour out your rewards on these women today. We declare any type of barrenness will go in Jesus' name. Lord, your word says in Psalm 37, 4, that as we delight ourselves in you, you give us the desires of our heart. Jesus, we choose right now to delight ourselves in you, and we receive your blessing of children in our lives this day. We declare Psalms 128.3 over every woman listening, that you will you will be like a fruitful vine flourishing with our house, with your house, your children, 
will be like vigorous young olive trees as they sit around your table. Lord, we thank you and praise you for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen, and so be it. Amen. And we'll put that prayer on the show notes. Okay. Do you want to pray over us? Father, we just thank you for your kindness. Thank you that you never leave us in the messy, in the beautiful times, in the waiting periods, that you sit with us through all of it that you're our King, our Lord, and our Savior, and that you're enthroned on our praises. I remember a long time ago when I had a vision of the throne, and you were, instead of being sitting on it like some distant king way off in the future, you were right, you were right there with your people. You were walking around blessing them, Lord. I just think it's such a beautiful picture of the king that we serve, that you were right here in the middle of the mess as we mother our way through life. I pray a blessing over every single person that's listening to this, and I just thank you that you are um, the God of all things that we need, that you have control over um, even the craziness that we get so bogged down with, Lord, that we just hand it to you and we say, have your way, Lord, that we are willing vessels. Thank you for blessing um, every household that's represented too, Lord. I pray over marriages. Um, I pray over the relationship that mothers have with their children, that their voices would be like honey to them and that their kids would have a voice to hear them and a desire to um, stay connected to them and vice versa, just like you do with us. Lord, would you help us parent with open hands, trusting you with our children, that we would hand them over to you, that we would sow godly, righteous seed into them and uh, trust you with the harvest in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, ladies. Be blessed. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Entourage Ministries, visit our website at entourageministries.com or visit us on Facebook or Instagram. 